Okay, breaking news is Terrell Hatton has just signed with Live Golf and he looks to be joining John Rahm's team. But it's not necessarily all good news. I want to kind of take a bigger look at what this means for the league, what it means for the Ryder Cup, what it means for John Rahm's team, and what it means for the PGA Tour. But first, Mike, we got to break down this deal. Yep. So, you know, kind of we all had known and this is not something that comes as a huge shock because it's been kind of so many months leading up to this that we've been hearing speculation about Hatton joining Live Golf. Uh, but it really kind of makes me ask the question then, OK, what's changed? Right. Mm -hmm. Because even coming out of Hatton's mouth, we had heard him saying, you know, listen, I'm happy with my current status bouncing between the DP World Tour and the PGA Tour. Also, as we've talked about here on the podcast numerous times, it's not a no-brainer for as many guys, it, depending on what their kind of status is in the World Golf Rankings and their exemptions into majors. Unlike John Rahm, whose team he'll be joining, he doesn't have that. Yeah, I was going to say, where's his steady blank? Yeah. yeah, he doesn't have that blank check, so to speak, into the majors for the next couple of years. So I would say, arguably, Rom Catton uh, is taking a much bigger gamble, definitely, than Rom or some of the other mm -hmm. big signings have. And I would put. Hatton under one of the, the big signing kind of category. So it, it makes you wonder, like, w what's changed? And there's one big thing that we all know is is the kind of the indicator here, and it's kind of what was the lever that kind of got a lot of guys over to live, and that's the money. Yeah, no doubt about it. So staggering amount of money, once again. It's it's nowhere near the size of the John Rom deal, understandably, mm -hmm. but still – 50 million pounds was how much it looks like uh, it's going to be confirmed that he signed for, which is just over $60 million. One thing we don't know at the moment is uh, how long that term is going to be. Is that a two-year deal? Is it a three-year deal? Right. How mm -hmm. that'll be broken out. But one thing we do know is he's on John Rahm's team. The two of them, we'll talk about the Ryder Cup in a second, the way they played together. That's just a starting point. These, these guys are going to make some money. They're going to make money. They're going to win on that tour. Uh, $60 million, I think it's just a start for this guy. I think it probably was a no-brainer for him. I mean, I don't know where he's at in his career. I mean, I know he's on the, the later part than Rom. He's been around a little bit longer. But again, without those exemptions into the majors, like without those those Wyndham Clark guarantees that we were talking about, and even John's guarantees, or even Brian Harmon's guarantees over the next five years, without those, it's a little more risky for this guy to go. But at the end of the day, $60 million plus what he's going to make on that tour yeah. probably was a no-brainer for him. And look, we've seen recent indications, you know, even on the PGA Tour side, that we're going to see some sort of announcement as soon as within a month now of these tours coming together. I'm sure that eases the blow to some extent mm -hmm. for these guys that they realize there's going to be some vehicle for me to be in the majors. One thing I'll say is that Hatton is currently ranked 16th in the official world golf yeah. rankings at that point. You know, now let's say we theoretically froze his ability to make any points now mm -hmm. moving over to live and not playing any events. Uh, he was actually listed in the field for the, um, for the, the pebble beach event as mm. of this morning. So yeah. I imagine that's going to go away, but, but, if you think about 16th, he can fall as far as 50th and still be in the majors, mm -hmm. right? As long as he maintains that 50. So I would say, depending on how other guys play, you're probably looking at at least a year, at least at least for 2024. He's probably set to still have his ticket to yeah. all four majors. That gets him at least that far. So it depending on where the deal is. Now, we also know that uh, there was a call between him and John Rahm recently that was also another catalyst that pushed this over the edge of getting him there. Who knows also, we've been saying, I've heard you say it multiple times on the show here, speculating 
there's some stuff that maybe we don't know that the guys know. Is mm-hmm. that World Golf ranking points are coming? Is there something else? Do they have a little bit more of an inside track that they're hearing from the PIF of these negotiations of where they're at? Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. he's like, hey, listen, take the payday. You'll we'll be getting our points soon, or we'll be we have a, a path to majors. Who knows? Right. Worst case scenario, they never get points, and this contract runs to 2029 like Roms. Let's just speculate, right? Now here's a guy who's going to get 60 million plus over what is it five years? If this if this tour continues to do what it's doing, and these guys are making the money they're making, and he's on John Rom's team, he can make another 60 million. He can make 120 after it's all said. There's and done. no denying that he you can know? make a huge payday. So like a lot of it comes down to, and it's something we've said before. What's their motivation? Not every guy is motivated by money. There's going to be some guys who are going to be motivated by that guarantee that they want that that if if they play well enough, they're in the majors mm-hmm. or that the Ryder Cup teams and all that type of stuff. I want to talk about that in a second because we're going to kind of talk about the guys who didn't go, right? You know, and what that really means. But there is still an indication here for me that. Not all is super rosy on the live side uh, because this is something that really came down to the wire. The, the, the live season kicks off this week mm-hmm. in Mayakoba. We're talking about being two, three days away at this current moment. And it took this long to get Rom. I, I mean, I'm sorry, it took this long to get Hatton. Leaving John Rom really without a fully fleshed out team. And you're this close. Now, also, live is trying to build you know, a lot of that brand and name recognition. If you think about it, if you, I understand, and I understand the point of them being a startup and you, yeah. not everything's going to happen overnight, but we're not even really allowing any time for some fandom to start getting on board with the ROM team because they don't even know who's on the team. They don't. And I think it's next week. I think it's Super Bowl week. I think we got at least one more week, but still, it's only Well, Mayakoba's this week, so it's this up week. On, on February Oh, Mayakoba this week, then Vegas next week. Right. Correct. So right. I mean, we're talking days until this. Days before that one, yes. Right. This is as 11th hour as it really gets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're um, right. So, and I want to dive into that more, and like, I really want to kind of, kind of look at it and see if we can give an overall scorecard of how well we feel like the offseason – and the acquisitions that Liv did really panned out because mm-hmm. we heard a really a lot of hype. If you rewind just a couple of months, we heard a lot of hype going into that offseason of, of coming from uh, Greg Norman, Phil Mickelson, yeah. just saying Mickelson's how phone you're going to be up. right. You're yeah. going to be flush with these uh, signings and people coming over and. We let's debate because it's only really been in the last week or two that you could say that they've got some traction. But prior to that, I didn't feel like there was a whole lot, but. The thing we have to talk about, of course, is the Ryder Cup. Yeah. So this... What's going to happen there, huh? <laughs> yeah. Because you know what this does? It puts a lot of pressure. And, and one thing I will say that Liv's deals have really done well is they've been really good pressure buttons for the, the powers that be. Yeah. By that, what I mean is signing John Rahm when they did, right before the, the framework, or first original framework agreement deadline applied arguably a lot of pressure to the PGA Tour and a lot no of doubt. leverage in their negotiations, mm-hmm. right? Likewise, I feel like this is something that applies a lot of pressure to the DP World Tour and their approach to the Ryder Cup mm-hmm. because Rom and uh, and Hatton were a, a dynamic duo on the European side. Yep. Um, I think that... If you looked fast forwarded to um, Bethpage Black in just a, 18 months or so from now, and if you saw a team that didn't have those two guys, 
I think the European side could be in some trouble. I think so too. And I'm just looking at their roster here. I mean, Hatton was right there as one of their premier players. I mean, yes, they've got Fitzpatrick and Fleetwood and Hovland and McElroy, but they lost Rom. They lost Hatton. Those guys were two big, big names here. Justin Rose, Sepp Straka. I don't know if they're really doing that much damage anymore. And there's some names on here I don't even really recognize, you know? Right. So and did their team just get so much weaker and Will it be a clean sweep for the United States? Because right, of this? and that's know. what just makes me wonder. Like, does this apply the pressure to further get the deal done? Don't forget, yeah, involved exactly. in this deal is the DP World Tour. Right. And the DP World Tour, it's kind of... It, it can be confusing at times of how the Ryder Cup really works. It's kind of funny that, like, on the American side, it's not the PGA Tour. It's the PGA of America. And that's why we haven't seen as many issues, because the PGA has allowed for live golfers. Yeah. The trouble was that they still weren't making the points other than in majors. So mm. there's, it's still not easy on the American side, but it's arguably a much harder route on the European tour side for live golfers to make it to the, to the team. So will this be not only a PR win, a visibility win mm -hmm. for live by bringing number 16 in the world, Terrell Hatton, who's a big personality and all that type of stuff. But is it also a win in saying, hey, now the deal, here's the pressure. The deal's really got to get done because otherwise you're looking at a Ryder Cup without these two marquee names. I mean, can a Ryder Cup captain, especially on the European side, just pick anyone? Like if Rom has an incredible year, can he just pick John Rom? It's a great question. Like, Why couldn't you necessarily have them as a captain's pick? Well, right. what it comes down to, though, too, <clears throat> is the how politicized this is. Remember, Stinson lost his captaincy when he went to live. Right, and that was very early on. Yes. So as that kind of stigma goes away, could it happen? Maybe. I don't know the exact ruling on that of whether they can or yeah. not, but effectively they'll be picking someone who doesn't have any points. I do believe, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong in the comments, because I don't know the European side as well as I know the American side, but I think there's a stipulation that you have to play, I think, in at least four DP World Tour events. Okay. So that could be one part of that. Right. Even as a captain's pick, maybe you cannot be picked if you haven't met that requirement. Mm -hmm. So there's no denying that this is going to put that pressure on the the whole deal to get something done to keep sustain, you know, the really the the attractiveness of the of the Ryder Cup. Yeah. I know. And and with that, what is that? That's in 2025. So there is time. There's definitely Bethpage. time. But it, it, again, I think where Liv is smart is that they're making these acquisitions that put continue to put the pressure that if you don't do a deal effectively the spectators are going to be the ones who are going to be losing out because they're not going to be able to see these players in things like the Ryder Cup and team right. events. Mm -hmm. That being said, I will also say that it's another way it's a smart move on the live side is because that does make for a very exciting team. You know, I think everyone enjoyed playing, watching Rahm and Hatton play together. Mm -hmm. They There was clear, very clear chemistry there between the two of them in the Ryder Cup. Um, they're both very fiery personalities. Yeah, no doubt about that. You know, and, and if mm -hmm. Liv continues, you know, golf but louder and wanting to live up to that mantle. Hatton's I, perfect for that. Hatton's the guy. <laughs> yeah. Hatton's the guy. Yeah, no question. No question. And, and Hatton's also the guy who will speak his mind and do all those things. One thing that I think that for me was going to be very interesting to see was I always very much thought of of John Rahm as a guy who speaks his mind and all that type of stuff. And we talked about this and we broke this down on, on another episode, but we said as soon as John Rahm went over to live, it seemed like a switch went off. And what was coming out of his mouth was a lot more sounding very uh, 
very PR, yeah. very mm-hmm. just whatever. Will will that happen with Hatton? Now, Hatton arguably does not have as many comments to walk back as John Rahm did. John Rahm had made some very strong comments, which we discussed here about live and the format and you know the competition of it before going over, and then his comments once joining, mm. growing the game. You know, the, the the you know just talking about the formats just seemed like a complete one eighty. Hatton doesn't have that problem to walk that back, but on the same token, I'll, I'd be very interested to see if if we hear a, a different Terrell Hatton in press interviews, yeah, or if we see it'll the be same. interesting to see. I think keeping him who he is is the best benefit to them if right. they can allow that to happen. Right? Who knows what he's going to say when asked? Um, he could fire off and be like, "Yeah, the tour PGA Tour stinks, and I don't want to be a part of it." Or he can have that PR, but that would be a script, <laughs> right? But that would be a huge walk back because here's a guy who had just said he was happy That's with his true. status playing on the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour. Um, you know, he's going to get the questions, and I, I, again, I want to hear one guy, and I hope Hatton's the finally the one to do it, money. who just comes out and is honest and be like, "It was the money." It was the money. Yeah. Keep this in mind, Terrell Hatton, over his career on the PGA tour. Now this is not sponsorship deals or anything like that, but just career tour earnings was about $22 million. He is effectively making two times the amount that he's made in his entire career in earnings on the PGA tour in one day, in one big payday. Mm -hmm. So the the money is still a major factor. There's just no denying. So with that said, with, the hype that went into the off season of the signings that were expected of, of Phil Mickelson talking about all the phone calls he was fielding from players who are ready and wanting to come over uh, from the fact that we are seeing that it's an, it's an open checkbook in unlimited, seemingly unlimited funds that live can write whatever they want to bring people mm-hmm. over with the backing of the PIF. It does make me wonder how successful would you truly say? <clears throat> would you truly say that the off season was for Live in their signings? Because I would say prior to this past seven days or so, uh, other than with John Rahm, it wasn't the strongest turnout that I think a lot of us thought it was going to be. The John Rahm deal was major, but yeah. you take that John Rahm deal away and you start to have some concerns of like really not a whole lot happened. So what I want to do is we're going to do a quick break here. We'll do a qu- quick word from the sponsors. Then I want to come back and let's give a report card. It's grading time. Let's grade them and see how really how well did Liv do with their moves in the offseason. Okay. I love it. All right. Look, it's no secret that everyone's trying to pick up more club head speed and, and distance arguably now is it's more paramount and more important in the game if you're really trying to play well and score well and compete in tournaments distance is really such a vital key and that's why we're really excited that we've teamed up with the best speed training aid on the market ripstick and ripstick really is golf's ultimate training aid you have eight different weighting combinations all in one stick and why that matters is it makes you easily be able to switch between your overspeed and underspeed training without any real complexity and then to make it even easier ripstick has a free app for both ios and android and i couldn't tell you guys other than going through and using it for myself i couldn't believe just how easy it was it really legitimately walks you through that training step by step 
And the best part about it, it's really not a huge time commitment. You know, if you're already working on your game, how hard is it to squeeze in 15 more minutes three times a week? It's really not that difficult. They even know how, so you kind of help prevent injury. I know that's another concern a lot of people have with speed training. They even work in right into the app into your training, your rest days, and it'll actually lock you out of training and say, time to rest. But the idea is you can hit the ball further, hit the ball straighter, and really pick up some of those games that either if you're chasing now or maybe you're getting a little bit older and you're just looking to be able to hit those par fives in two once again, speed training with Ripstick is really the key to do it. Best part about it, you can get 20% off site-wise when you use our code Golficity. So give it a try. Start hitting some bombs today. And the Hydro Series lineup of rain jackets from FootJoy, they're designed to protect players in everything from light mist to heavy downpours. I mean, we're faced with it all when we're out there on the course. So featuring DryJoy's waterproof technology, the Hydro Series provides the ultimate protection for every player, no matter the conditions or wherever you tee it up in the world. I mean, these lightweight designs, they make it easy to store in your golf bag and you can pack it on any golf trip. I mean, all day, although you're, you may be going on a trip to Florida or somewhere south or somewhere in the warm weather, it doesn't matter because you can never always escape the rain and the wind. It's always going to find you somewhere. So I like to tuck one of these uh, Hydro Series up, throw it in my bag. It's easy to pull out. It's lightweight. You throw it on and you're all set. But you got to check out the entire lineup of Hydro Series on their website at footjoy.com. And guys, recently we got the unique opportunity to try the new 2024 Titleist AVX. And if you've listened to the show for a while, you know I've been a long time, you know, kind of dabbling with the AVX. I played it for a long time, bouncing between that and the Pro V1 because I just absolutely love its soft feel. But for someone out there who's looking for a low-flying, low-spinning golf ball, you're really not going to get anything better than the AVX. And it has longer distance from tee to green, uh, increased greenside spin and control, a softer feel, and that piercing flight. And it's really what gives the AVX its character. Uh, they've got a new proprietary urethane cover that increases that greenside spin. You get more short game control. That's where I love the AVX. It really shines for me, especially in that soft feel. But you've also got the upgraded thin high flex casting layer, which gives you low spin on those long game shots. So from T to green, it's an incredible performer. If you're someone who does enjoy a softer feeling golf ball, or if you're looking for a little bit lower flying ball, lowering your trajectory a bit, uh, lower spin, especially on those long game shots. The AVX is one to give a, a definite look this season. Pick it up. It does have available in white. They also have that high optic yellow, which I like, especially in those kind of transitional seasons in the spring and the fall when it's a little bit harder to find your ball. But go and check it out. Pick up a sleeve. Give them a try for yourself. And if you get the opportunity to go and do a full ball fitting this this year, definitely do it. The AVX is going to be in there and you're going to be able to give it a look under the guidance of a a well-trained fitter. So go to Titleist.com to learn more about the Titleist AVX. All right. So if we're to kind of take a look at this and and again, trying to give a scorecard, because now I would say this is, this is the end of the live off season with Maya Koba just a few days away. Now that's not to say that there might not be some more signings throughout the year, but I feel more or less like kind of where you're going to go is where you're going to go at this point. Um, and it's kind of settled in of who's going to be at, with live and who's going to be with the PGA tour for at least another kind of full season here. So going back to it again, we heard so much coming from and how much would this, we're trying, always trying to sort out how much of this is hype, how much of this is, is reality. And you heard Phil Mickelson, 
back towards September-ish, uh, was as the season was winding down, was saying, you know, his phone had been so busy, so many people calling and, and basically inquiring, and these are talking about players who are interested in making that jump over to live. Uh, it doesn't come as a huge surprise to me, right? Uh, especially because of the fact that as we got closer and closer to seeing a deal happen, and that stigma kind of went away of, of jumping over to live in that way and the PGA tour validating it in a lot of ways by saying there's going to be a deal. It didn't surprise me too much. And I, I kind of felt like, yeah, maybe we would see some big sign signings. And you saw Greg Norman coming out and saying the same thing. There's going to be some big signings. And there's no doubt John Rahm was the biggest of that. And mm-hmm. John Rahm, we talked about it here on the show was a huge, uh, turned a corner for a lot of people we saw we saw that was when we first saw rory mcelroy make his kind of 180 and his rhetoric of what he was saying about live that was a head turner but other than that i would say and give me a second because it's coming up to this week with hatton and stuff in this like 11th hour editions but prior to that if you looked at the the offseason holistically i would say that there was not a whole lot of other household names making the move now take with a grain of salt i fully well understand that you know we're here in the united states we watch most of our golf here there may be some of these guys that we talk about that are household names uh more internationally european tour and otherwise Mm -hmm. so as we see the live golf tour shape up to be more of an international tour you can make the argument depending on where you sit that it might be more household names but i look at some of the, the you know the the moves over to live. So you had like uh, Kazuma, you had Andy Ogletree, uh, you had um, another one, Kirian Vincent. Uh, you know, so they're, they're names that are kind of like on that fringe of, of maybe dipping yeah. and starting to get into the household names, but not yet quite all the way there. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So if I looked at this and we were sitting here talking 10 days ago, I would say live only made one big signing. Yeah, I agree with that. I would, I would, if we were report card grading it, I think once they sign Rom, I feel like they got an A. Live right mm-hmm. there. They could have ended it right there with an A. Great off season. You picked up arguably one of the best players in the world, top three. You're you're good. Great. Move on. Twenty twenty four. Move on to twenty twenty five. Right. But then they brought a couple of these other guys on. And Adrian Moronk, I mean, DP World Tour Player of the Year. Here's this is the guy. If you don't know, he's the guy um, who was snubbed, uh, wasn't didn't make the European Ryder Cup when a lot of people felt that he should have, especially with winning those honors. Um, so I think uh, I think he's headed over there. And then you've got you go down the list of Caleb Surratt, who is that uh, sophomore Tennessee uh, or, or Texas. I forgot which school he's at, but he's still in. He's in college. So yeah, I would bring their total report card grading probably down to a B minus for 2023. Going into 2024, if I had to grade it, mm-hmm. the question is, is what would get that back up to an A? Like, who's left on the table? Right. And that's where I was sitting in a similar position where I would say a week or so ago, I would have said, hey, this report card is a C because the only big name you picked up was was Rom. Yeah. So you know, you without Rom, it's an F. You know, yeah. you, you okay. didn't you didn't turn my head at all. Rom was the big head turner. I would say, though, it's been very 11th hour, but what has undoubtedly bumped that up for me in looking at Liv's overall performance and their moves in this offseason has been, of course, the addition of Adrian Mar- uh, Moronk. Mm-hmm. That was a big one just earlier this week. But the bigger, bigger one is definitely this Terrell hat. Yeah, right. There's no denying it. But it leaves me wondering, do you guys feel, and leave this in the comments, do you feel like that was enough to truly move the needle? And when I say that, I mean... Liv had, 
if, if you look at it and you look at the number of names who had the opportunity to go here, Liv was sitting in a very good position going into this offseason. And by that, I mean, they had a deal potentially there on the table, which even from the PGA tour side, you're hearing it from, uh, from the, the memos that are coming out, everything like that saying it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. So you look at it and you say, these tours are coming together anyway. Right. They, I, I can, sign and, and make big money a big payday it's become more valid with guys like uh rom moving over and mm-hmm. guys like rory and these guys now more so saying they understand why guys went over so if you piece all that together i'm actually a bit surprised we didn't see more names make the jump right which is what makes me wonder what is still ultimately holding them back what is holding them back and does the PGA tour still hold more of the cards than a lot of us think? I think, and I look to for an example where money is not necessarily everything. I look to Nick Dunlap Mm. and I'm thinking from a PR move, from an investing in the future move, all those types of things. I would be beyond shocked if after his big breakout PGA tour win, there wasn't somewhere from anywhere from 20 to $50 million deal sitting on his agent's <laughs> desk the next morning from Liv. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. And here's a guy who, he, he's going to make, we talked about this before, he's going to make a lot of money no matter where he lands mm-hmm. because now he's got his ticket punched to the majors, the, uh, he's, he's into the, um, what do you call it, he, the signature events, he's, got, yep. he's in those fields. Yep. So he's going to make his money. But you think about a guy like Nick Dunlop, who I would say arguably out of out of the amateur ranks probably seemed like seemingly had the most potential Definitely. out of anyone. And in that way could kind of negotiate his future. Here's a guy who you know, maybe playing in the majors was the most important thing. If he had made the jump, he's not quite in. He jumped way up in the official world golf rankings yeah, up no like doubt. 56. But he's not in the, you know, you know what I mean, other than his exemptions from his PGA Tour win, yeah, he, that could have been in question. So I would say I would rank the overall on maybe a B, B plus. Uh, the ROM is what's the linchpin that's holding that together. And I think these 11th hour signings of Terrell Hatton being, a, I would say the only out of this whole thing, would you agree that probably the only two household names internationally wide household names are Rom and Hatton. I agree. I agree. So I would say you ultimately for for as much hype and all that that there was, they came out with only two. I kind of say only enough because Rom is such a big name, and, you know. But only two household name signings out of all of that. Yeah. Is that a is that not as big a success as maybe they would have liked? I guess we're gonna see. We're gonna see what ratings come out with. Like, are people that intrigued to see this Rom Hatton combo? Is it gonna? Is that gonna be the the piece that gets people to start tuning in to live? I, I honestly feel like an Anthony Kim with this recent news mm-hmm. might be even more. You know, feed more curiosity to people who've just been who've been speculating that for years. Is this, this guy gonna come back? Now, if he comes back and signs with with Live. Maybe they'll tune in to see how he's played after 10 years right. because of that big story. You know, it's interesting because, like, I think about the, all this money and everything they're throwing at guys, like Hatton, $60 million. It makes me sit, just sit back and think, if Hatton signed for $60 million, just how much do you think a Justin Thomas turned down, a Ricky Fowler turned down? Nine figures easily these yeah. guys turned down. 
And I wonder if those offers are still on the table or they're still pursuing them. Yeah. Just makes you think. And I'm not yeah. knocking Ter- Terrell Hatton. He's a phenomenal player. He's accomplished a lot. You know, he's had a great career. But he's no Spieth. He's no Scheffler. It's just interesting. And and I think that's what it comes down to. It's like I said, I, I got to look at both sides of the coin. It's easy to look at this and say, wow, another big name over to live. But it's also, again, if you if you say you've got those deep, deep pockets and all the reasons why they say, so, quote, unquote, so many players want to come over to live and – in the end, this offseason, they pulled out one top 10 yeah. guy, and they got one guy in the top 20. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it was overall a good offseason for right. them. You know, you know I, where a lot of us you know, were kind of thinking, like the way the, the rhetoric was going on the live side, we might see three top 10 guys make the jump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a, it's a hard thing to kind of quantify, and I, I think it's a lot whether you're a kind of a live glass half full or live glass half empty person. And that's what I want to hear from you guys in the comments, but it does their, them pulling one top 10 guy and one top 20 guy. Is that a successful off season moves? Do you believe on the, on the live side or would you have liked to have seen more? Mm. And is that a win on the other side? Is it a, is it a, I mean, we're call, it's funny we're talking about it in wins and losses like these two are still head to head. Meanwhile, the PGA Tour and Liv are trying to come together. They're trying to, yeah. Which is just again reason why I think something needs to happen to bring this the the heat down on mm-hmm. all of this. But the PGA Tour could be looking on the other side and being like, "Hey, you know, Liv, with your unlimited budget, you only took two guys out of the top twenty in the official world golf rankings away from us, right?" And Guys like Nick Dunlop, the kind of the future of the game, are over here. Yeah, you're making me want to, you know, regrade my my score, my report card. That's why I'm not a teacher. I would just give people good grades, I guess. <laughs> now the grade is starting to get a lot less the way you, when you put it like no, that. No, but I still think it's it is we can't take away from it. It was a significant move, no doubt. I think Hatton and and Rom will be a phenomenal team Big together. Time. I think they're the ones that bring that scorecard up in that B range. Yeah, but I think just because of what we heard from Norman, from Mickelson, about how many guys really wanted to come over. When you really come down to brass tacks and you're like, you got one top 20 guy, one top 10 guy and one top 20 guy. Is that enough? I don't know. I don't know. And I'm curious to see who else will go because it could be, we could see mid-season signings. There are still people out there that are still probably in talks. And I will say this because I've been so quick to say this on this show. Uh, anytime we talk about the the upfront bonuses, yep. like I, I would say the words, yeah, that's a no-brainer. I would take the money. I would take the money. Where I agree on the opposite side of that is what Nick Dunlap did do. I think I think he made the right choice. I do. I, I think staying on the tour that he's been grown up to play and compete in all his life, won it. First amateur since Phil Mickelson made the headlines throughout the PGA Tour all week that week as like the hottest guy, number one amateur in the world, and now he's in all these events for this year. Yep. If I'm his agent, I'd be like, dude, you're you're staying on the PGA Tour and you're gonna try this thing, and we're gonna be the next Scotty Scheffler. Yep. So and and yeah, the official world golf ranking, him wanting to jump up that right. Like I, if he gets he majors. jumps over to live, he takes the big payday, but then he kind of freezes himself there. Right. Don't forget to. I'm certain there's a lot of guys who are on this kind of fence that like they're just not going to pull the trigger so long as the two leagues stay separate. Mm -hmm. But who knows? And this is something we're going to keep watching closely and we're going to keep reporting on here. When we get a real deal and when we really find out what are the terms of those deals, does it open up for players to play on the DP World Tour one day, you know, live golf guys on their off weeks? Remember, their schedule is not as packed as the PG Tour and stuff like that. If there's a potential for them to play in their off weeks 
on DP World Tour events, PGA events, man, that's when we could really see the next wave of guys making the jump. Yeah. There's no doubt about that because I think there's a lot of guys who would love nothing more than to play 12 or whatever it's up to live events and every, any, any other week they hand pick whether they want to play a signature event or if they're yeah. a European guy, they play a DP World Tour event, lock in their Ryder Cup status, and now they're living the best of both worlds. But nobody else can go and just play on a live event. That's right. That's, I think, the biggest problem. Like, oh, sure, they can go play over here and get points, but we can't go over there and try to play for four million of team winnings one week because yep. I'm not on a team. That's where I think, let's take, for example, a guy like Victor Hovland, right? The the benefit for him, if these two leagues were truly that, that came together, get over on live, play, you know, your 12, 14 like events. Like a sub in for the week? Oh, no, play them all. Right? Be there. And then in between those weeks, Play a couple of signature events on the PGA Tour, assuming you've got the exemption to do it. Play your majors. Play like just, just instead so of like, it's almost here. the opposite of some guys saying they wanted less schedule. Right. There might be some young guys who are in their prime and playing really well. And then just be like, let me blow it out of the water. I'll play every live event and I'll play three DP World Tour events to, or to, to get my, my yeah, yeah. Ryder Cup status. A couple signature events in the majors. I'll have a, a 22 event season this year and I'll just, I'll make generational wealth yeah you know yeah who knows it remains to be seen but <laughs> drop your report cards in the comments and let us know now that we've seen you know the moves they've been made i think this is kind of where it's going to settle where do you grade lives off-season acquisitions on the whole where do you grade that let us know make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast and we'll see you in the next one